NFL trainers and Pokemon enthusiasts. Introducing Go Battlecast, your weekly fix for all things Pokemon Go and Pokemon. Get the unfiltered, raw truth on the game, culture, and community. So, let the battle begin. Here are your hosts, Zach Duarte and Dominic Zingali. And we're back with another episode of the Go Battlecast podcast, episode 25, coming at you live uh, after the Johto Tour, a uh, an event that I, I call this the bi-yearly Pokemon Go events, because now there's basically two events a year that you look forward to, and it's pretty obvious that Pokemon Go is going to move forward with these regional events. Hoenn should be next, the third generation of Pokemon. So we had the Kanto Tour last year, right about this time of the year. We had Johto Tour, which we're going to get into a lot in this episode. And I would con- I, w- I would project that this is going to continue year in and year out. We'll have the Hoenn event, or the regional event, as I should say, and then the GoFest event every single year as well. So we'll definitely get into a lot of what the Johto event was, where it hit, where it missed. Uh, I'm going based off a lot of feedback from what I'm seeing online. Uh, I watched a lot of content creators' videos. I did read a lot of what people were saying on Twitter. Unfortunately, Dom is not here today. Just a situation where our schedules are incredibly busy. I, I didn't think it made sense to record on Saturday this time around because it was the Johto Tour event, and Dom's very busy uh, the, the, the couple days after, so, uh, no Dom on this episode, just me today, and, you know, uh, just, again, a situation where a lot of people are playing the events and the, the happenings of this weekend, and because they dedicated Saturday to playing the Johto event, uh, the, the following days and the surrounding days were spent with family and friends and so on and so forth, so, uh, it'll just be me today, we'll get Dom back on next week, get his take on the Johto event, uh, but we have a lot of other Pokemon news uh, going on in the in the Pokemon universe, we, we're going to have Gen Seven. It looks like coming to Pokemon Go. It it was seemingly teased right after uh, the Johto event with a Lolan Executor out in the wild, and then of course uh, Pokemon Go on Twitter just just posting so much information. And then I think on Sunday it was like Pokemon Day or the you know the day where the Pokemon Company updates all the information coming to the game. So there was updates and DLC to uh, the games that are already out and then there was an announcement for Generation 9 which uh, it looks like it will be called Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. Now something I did talk about on this podcast probably 15 episodes ago was that I wish the Pokemon company would go back to colors. Uh, You remember the first I think it was five generations of the game red and blue, gold and silver, uh, we had Diamond and Pearl, we had Ruby and Sapphire, and Black and White, not in that order. I think I switched up the third and the fourth generation. It's been four generations now since we had Colors, because we had X and Y, we had Sun and Moon, and we had Sword and Shield, and now we're going back to Colors, which is, uh, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. I think, I think Pokemon should have always been Colors, um, but we had to very off into these other comparables sword and shield to me and i haven't played the game and i will 
but uh, to call a game Sword and Shield because you have a Pokemon who look like a Sword and Shield, even though you had Pokemon who already looked like a Sword and Shield, one specifically, who's one of my favorite, that transformed from a Sword to a Shield in a previous generation, wasn't in Sword and Shield. So, okay, all right, all right, cool. It's all good. So, yeah, Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet coming in, it looks like, November 2022. So, we'll get to that news in just a little bit. Um, but I do want to get into this Johto event because a 12-hour event on Saturday. And uh, I, I want to go over the things that I did like, first of all. And I, I made sure to try to do my adult responsibilities as well as getting out into the community and the people who are close in the community uh, were able to, you know, I was able to hang out with them, not for as long as I wanted to, but uh, I was able to get out to the park a couple times. I took, I, you know, I have a couple dogs, so I took one dog once, went back. I live very close to a park where there's a lot of people that play uh, Constitution Park down here in Deerfield Beach, Florida, and uh, go. I went back home, brought my other dog, so really fun to see a lot of people in the community it's it's been a while yeah, i can't get out to raid days i can't get out to spotlight hours anymore I'm, I'm back in school at night so it's just uh it was really refreshing to see a lot of the people uh, in the community a lot of the friends i've made through this game and the relationships that have been cultivated through pokemon go so it was really great to get out there and see people on saturday and i wish i could have spent more time with them uh, dom was there as well uh, I'm really happy that he got to play the event because he, he, he's just been swamped with his responsibilities. So I'm glad that he was able to dedicate a day to playing the event as well. And I'm very curious to see how he did. We'll get him on in next week's episode and, and get an update from him. And and hopefully uh, by then, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about Gen 9, Gen 7 coming to Pokemon Go, all that kind of information. Plus we'll be uh, integrated into the season 11 of PVP, I think at that point. So a lot for us to just get into the next couple of episodes. But um, overall, and I here's here's my thought process. I did a lot of research into this event because I was very on the fence about paying for the event, and I did end up paying for it on one of my accounts. I have two accounts that I, I play with. I play the majority of Pokemon Go on those two accounts. So I did a lot of research going into the event. And, and, and trying to see if I wanted to do this event paid or do this event for free. And I was very close to pulling the trigger on just doing it for free. And I I ended up deciding to, to pay for it. I did go gold, even though uh, I knew a lot of people that, that already had gold. Um, but I wanted that shiny Mantine, and I did get it. So I'm happy about that. But um, I, I thought, listen, I, I'm obviously a free-to-play player for the most part. And... I try to justify paying the money for these events because it does feel like Niantic does try to do things during these events, these bigger events, for the player. But I didn't necessarily feel that way in this event. Uh, I felt that you could get a lot of the same things without paying that you could get with paying. Obviously, there's no Celebi, there's no Apex, Ho-Oh, or Lugia. But those two are virtually irrelevant in PvP, which is where I'm coming at it from. But um, I did feel like it was an event worth paying for at the end of the day. Because I, I do feel like Niantic did put some effort into this. And then I, I appreciated some of the additional bonuses that we did not know were coming to this event. I really liked 
the the tasks that you could get from spinning Pokestops where you could earn an XL candy and a, a candy of either Ho-Oh or Lugia. I thought it was such a great idea to do that because you know just trying to get 300 XL candies from raiding a Pokemon or, or catching it in a GBL reward as somebody who's free to play is going to take a long time. I, I, I checked my candies after the event. I'm almost at 200 Lugia candies. I'm not even at 100 Ho-Oh XL candies. So I really appreciated that, and I wanted to tip my hat to Niantic there. I think it's a great idea. I don't know if they'll implement that moving forward. Maybe they can make it a rarer research task, uh, just giving legendary XL candies. But um, I really appreciated that. I probably got 10 of each Pokemon uh, the XL candies for Ho-Oh and Lugia. So I, I thought that was a very, very great idea. I also liked the, the roaming dogs. I thought it was a great idea to incorporate what you saw in the actual games of, of gold and silver, which was all three dogs just roaming the land. And anytime you encountered them, they would run away. So I thought that was pretty cool. It was incredibly frustrating. And I think I did catch one or two of them that way. Um, but I thought it was uh, that was so cool because, uh, as you know, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm a fan of replicating the RPG games as much as you possibly can. And that was a cool way to just give a nod to gold and silver because that was a big feature of gold and silver where the dogs were just roaming the land and you could encounter them randomly, but they would run away up until you encountered them at one specific place. I can't remember. It's been 15 or 20 years since I played the game, uh, but that was very true to the game. So in, in the Johto event, you had to take a photo of the roaming dogs. You got 50, rare, uh, 50 candies for each, for each uh, dog. And then you also got an encounter with them as well. And my Suicune was shiny. So uh, I, that, was, that was pretty cool. That was badass. Um, I, I think I have one shiny Suicune from a lucky trade, but I don't think I ever encountered a shiny Suicune. So uh, that was pretty cool as well. And also, I thought the five rotating habitats were pretty cool as well. I, I did enjoy that, and I felt like you got a lot of uh, good, interesting, and worthy spawns during a lot of these hours that you could focus on. Um, I was super excited. I caught two shiny shuckles. I would like to uh, build a level 50 shuckle, even though it will be completely useless in PvP because they'll never allow it in any GBL formats, in any Little Cup formats whatsoever. But uh, yeah, I had I had a good time on Saturday, and I I appreciated a lot of the smaller things that Niantic put into this event. When I look back in retrospect at the event, I do think that there are a lot of areas that they could have done better, and I'm basing this again off of what I saw on content creators videos, what I read on Twitter what I read in articles, and a little bit of what I got from my local community. First things first, I did think that uh, the shiny Corsola rates could have been a little bit higher. Now, I rated one Corsola. I rated the one I needed to do for the task, and that was it. I wasn't going to waste any of my free passes that I earned by paying for the event, and so I only did one. I saw Mystic 7 youtube video of the johto event mystic 7 did over 200 corsola raids and did not encounter a shiny corsola which uh that has to be incredibly frustrating um 
and and great job putting a boatload of money in Niantic's pockets. Um, and, and of course, you getting screwed over in that aspect. I think he actually put out a tweet that said Shiny Corsola is a spam or a scam. I think it was that the, the, the word that he used. So I do think they could have. And they did this last year in the Kanto event with like Paris and Sparrow. You know, just making some of these Pokemon in- incredibly hard to encounter and then and then making them increasingly rarer to encounter as a shiny. Um, so I think this year it was basically Corsola was the one. And of course, uh, Heracross was also one that you had to get in raids for the most part unless you are local to where it spawns. But we've seen Heracross in events as a shiny before, even though it was raid locked. Um, so yeah, you, you did get opportunities to encounter Heracross, but uh, I, I did not meet anybody or speak to anybody that caught one, that caught one locally. Maybe I just wasn't informed of it, but I do I do think they could have made the shiny rates for Corsola um, a little bit better. Uh, another thing I thought that they could have done better was make the bigger rewards for this event something more relevant to PvP because Celebi with Magical Leaf Ho-Oh with Sacred Fire, and Lugia with Aeroblast is obviously great, but none of these Pokemon get a boost either from their new moves or their new plus-plus moves in terms of PvP. Like, like Lugia already had Aeroblast. It didn't get a boost for PvP. Now, Ho-Oh with Sacred Fire can help you in certain matchups. Uh, Ho-Oh didn't really have a fire charge move. That was worth the investment. You pretty much had to use Brave Bird and Earthquake. So in a, in a matchup where Oho in Master League would go up against, say, a, to- a Togekiss or a, a Zacian, you'd have to hit. You'd have to throw a Brave Bird and dip. You'd have to throw a move that severely debuffed your defense and then dip out, which could cause you to lose that matchup. So Sacred Fire does give Ho-Oh the opportunity now to throw a, a, a fire charge move that doesn't debuff it and, and can help it potentially flip those matchups. But from everything I saw from Ryan Swag's video on YouTube about Ho-Oh with Sacred Fire and about uh, Celebi with Magical Leaf is that these Pokemon are rather underwhelming and they don't shift the meta. So for two legendary, well, one legendary and one mythical Pokemon, uh, and you could also throw Ho-Oh in there, or, I'm sorry, Lugia in there as well. You don't get anything different in terms of PvP. I think the term Swag used for Celebi was that it makes Celebi okay now, Magical Leaf. Is that it makes it not terrible, which that's not what you're looking for if you're a, a PvP. Or look, I understand that not everybody that plays plays for PvP, uh, but I do think that if you're paying for this event, there could have been an area where PvP players, especially Master League players, benefited from this Johto Tour event, which I don't think was the case. There's obviously tons of Pokemon that had PvP relevancy um, that you could catch in this event, which was great. Uh, you know, I was out there looking for that Slugma. I was out there looking for a, a couple of other Pokemon, and and um, you know, we'll get to the Community Day moves in a second. But all the starter Pokemon, look, all these Pokemon have PvP relevancy, but. I think for an event that you're paying $12 for, it should have relevancy in the macro. And to me, that's that's the biggest league. That's the Master League. And I think that people who played Master League and who enjoy Master League the most, which I believe is Dom, 
and I believe Dom enjoys Master League the most, did not really benefit uh, in, in terms of PvP catching from this event. Of course, there's Great League Pokemon, there's Little Cup Pokemon, there's Ultra League Pokemon that you could catch for this event. But Master League was really shafted in an event where you have to spend a lot of resources and spend a lot of time to build those resources in, in Pokemon. I do think that uh, there could have been a little bit more done there. And look, I you could take this as nitpicking. That's fine. I'm here to have a dialogue about the event, what I thought was good, what I thought wasn't good, and what I thought could have been done better. Really, really did love having those community day moves back. That was great. Uh, it was incredibly frustrating, though, and and maybe I should have done this research prior to the the event. I had a couple Shadow Starter Pokemon that I was waiting to evolve, and I wanted to have Return on them as well because I I caught like a thirteen thirteen twelve Cyndaquil, and I'm like, all right, I'll evolve this and purify it and have a fifteen fifteen fourteen. Typhlosion with Return and Blast Burn. So I would, one time I purified it right up front as the baby Pokemon and then evolved it and it lost Return. And I did buy the secondary move before I evolved it to its third stage. So I, I lost the Return move on that Pokemon. Then there was another one. I had a Totodile that I evolved into a Feraligator and I did double move it before I evolved it. I, I did get the exclusive move of Blast Burn as one of the two charge moves, and then I purified it and return replaced Blast Burn. So then I had to use an elite charge TM to have my Feraligator with return, and or I should say uh, Hydro Cannon in this case, Hydro Cannon. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure what the proper order is there. Maybe I could have done that better, but I feel like if you're going to purify and evolve a Pokemon, to try to have it with return and the exclusive community they move. There should be a way to do that. That's not so convoluted. Um, that That's a little... And look, I have so many charge because I do buy the community day boxes. That's what I spend my, my monthly coins on is, is buying that community day box. So I had double digits in terms of elite fast and elite charge TMs. Uh, so I was okay, more than happy to spend one or two and, and not be super upset with what happened. Although I did lose the return on the Typhlosion. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that, and, and again, maybe there is a way. Maybe I, I'm saying this uh, without knowing exactly what I'm saying, but I thought there could have been a better way uh, to to have a Pokemon with a, a Community Day exclusive move and also return. It was a little confusing because there were Pokemon that did get exclusive moves. Uh, like, like, for example, Porygon was a spawn in this event, but you could not evolve it into, I think it's Porygon Z to get the Tri-Attack exclusive move. So that was a little confusing. But maybe it's because Porygon Z is a Gen 4 evolution. I think maybe that's where they were going with that. But um, I also think this excludes any of those, I think it was seven Pokemon that got Community Day exclusive moves. It was the three starters. No, it was more than seven. It was nine, I think. The three starters, uh, Umbreon, Espeon... Tyranitar, Ampharos, and Jumpluff, I think, were all the Pokemon that you were able to get exclusive moves on during the event. I think that pretty much that excludes those Pokemon from, if they were are to continue Community Day Classic, those Pokemon will not be a part of it because you just had the opportunity to catch a lot of them and also to evolve them for their Community Day exclusive moves. So 
if we are to see Community Day Classic moving forward, I don't think any of those Pokemon, specifically the ones we hadn't seen in a long time, like a Tyranitar or an Ampharos, I don't think you'll see those again in the Community Day Classic. Just my opinion. I could be totally wrong on that. But overall, I did see a lot of people complaining about shiny rates. Um, I think if you caught one to two shinies per hour, I know it's not great, but I think that that's worth it. Uh, you know, you need to put things into perspective here. It's You're not going to get 50 shinies on every event. If you got 20 to 30 shinies, that's a pretty good day. Um, and I know they may not have been the ones you want. I'm, I'm not... Um, I know people view me as more of a pessimist person on this podcast, but I just... I consider myself a realistic person in terms of my expectations. So I think if you caught two shinies per hour... In a 12-hour event, you got 20. If you got 25 shinies, 20 to 25 shinies, you should be happy. If you got anything less, I could understand the complaints. Um, you did pay $12 for this event, so at that point, you're paying $1.50 per shiny. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm I'm happy with my collection. I I feel a lot of people close in my community were happy with their collection. I did see a lot of complaining online, but a lot of people complain online just to complain. And that's kind of their outlet where they do so. So um, I I was overall um, happy with the event. I think there were some things that could have been better. But I, th- I, I, I liked a lot of the additional bonuses that we did not know about were coming into the event as well. And look, you got to give them credit. In a lot of these, there was a lot of tasks. Uh, maybe that could be you know a, a ding on the event. There were so many you know, collection challenges and this task and that task that a lot of people didn't get to finish by nine o'clock. And obviously the apex, uh, Pokemon tasks are not ones that I'm including. Those are ones you can continue to finish after the event. Um, but I, I, I appreciated that there were so many pokeball tasks, you know, you got 50, 15 ultra balls, 15 great balls, 50 pokeballs in a lot of these collection challenges. So I thought that was great. Um, overall, I, I'm happy with the event. I'm happy that I, I'm okay that I paid for it and with what I got back in return. And usually I am. Usually I am with the events like this, a, a go fest, a, a a regional event. I'm usually happy with paying the ten to fifteen dollars for the event and and with my return on it. Plus, again, the experience, spending time out in the community getting to hang out with friends and, and people that I've cultivated relationships with from Pokemon Go. Uh, I was very happy to do that as well. Plus, it was fun. I got my dogs out to the park. That was nice for them as well. I've been incredibly busy and haven't been getting them to the park as much as I'd like, so that was great. All right, so Gen 7 is coming to Pokemon Go. We we got the tease announcements on Twitter by Niantic on Sunday after the Johto event. And, of course, Alolan Executor has been out in the wild, the giant palm tree that you cannot see on the catch screen. You can only see the bottom half of the Alolan Ex- Executor on the catch screen. Um, that's been out in the wild, and it looks like we're going to get Generation 7 coming to the game. Before we get into the actual Pokemon, something important if you're not a Gen 7 player uh, that could be introduced at some point. I don't know how they do this, and and, and based off the fact that they, I, I believe Pokemon Go botched Mega Evolution Pokemon and, and still have not incorporated it right into the game are Z-Moves. Z-Moves were something introduced in, in Gen 7. And I'll just read this to you straight from the website. 
The Z-moves are said to be physical manifestations of the bond between trainer and Pokemon in a similar vein to Mega Evolution. I have no idea how they're going to incorporate this, and I would assume, again, total assumption here, I have no information or proof about this, but my my best guess is that Z-moves will not be in PvP. There will probably be a raid thing, but who knows? Who knows? And I don't think they're going to mess with it anytime soon. As we know, this upcoming season that's starting uh, pretty soon here will uh, will not introduce new moves. And so Z-moves are a thing that we can look forward to at some point, but I just don't think they're going to be a PvP-relevant item. But something to keep your eye out here from, from Gen 7. So Gen 7, the Sun and Moon games based on the Hawaii region. You're going to get a lot of island themes coming up. Obviously, that's what we've seen in the promotional items on Twitter. Uh, the starter Pokemon, Rowlet, Grass and Flying, Litten, which evolves into Incineroar, Fire and Dark, and Poplio, which evolves into Primarina, which is Water and Psychic. A lot of cool Pokemon. A lot of cool Pokemon in weird-looking Pokemon as well. But also, I think the question that everybody's asking is Ultra Beast. How are they going to incorporate Ultra Beast? How is that going to work? And uh, I, I really have no idea. I really have no idea. Are these just going to be regular Pokemon? I think the, the stats and, and all that information is out via the Pokeminers. But um, I'm just really not sure. And the, the, the cool thing about Gen 7 also is that one of its, uh, or both of its title Pokemon, right? Solgaleo and Lunala evolve from a Pokemon. You don't really see that very often where the mythical or the legendary Pokemon on the box cover is a Pokemon that evolves. It's a stage two or stage three Pokemon. In this case, Solgaleo and Lunala are stage three evolutions from Cosmog and Cosmoem, if I'm saying that properly. I never know if I'm saying that Pokemon properly. But Cosmog evolves into Cosmoem, and then Cosmoem, you can evolve it into either Solgaleo or Lunala. So that's uh, that's a very interesting part of Gen 7. So yeah, Gen 7 coming to Pokemon Go seems like something that's going to be exciting for the next few weeks, few months as we get into the World Championships, uh, Regional Championships, uh, the, the events that are coming up here uh, for PvP, and then that will kind of carry us into the Go Fest. I believe it's the 6th go fest the sixth year of pokemon go so uh and that will come in the summer months so we're leading into an exciting summer here we've got a, a go fest and also uh hopefully a smooth transition into regional and world championships in terms of pvp for pokemon go and uh this could be a big boost for the game and potential esport possibility of pokemon go and pvp so yeah gen 7 coming soon probably this week uh, with the with the transition of seasons in Pokemon Go. And then, of course, the big news. The big news from, I don't know if it's called Pokemon Day or whatever the day is called when the Pokemon Company just releases a slew of information on the games that it has out and any new information on upcoming games, is we have a new announcement of a generation in Pokemon Go. Generation 9, we are back to colors. Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. We are back to colors. I am very happy about that. Uh, if you go to Cerebi.net, 
you have a lot of information about the Pokemon that are already in the game. I'm not sure. Did they, maybe they got that from the, the game preview. Um, here's a couple things I noticed in the preview of the, the new games. First of all, it looks like it's based on... My guess is either Italy or Spain. I'm leaning towards Italy, which I, I have been Italy. It could be Spain. I'm not sure. Again, I'm, I'm not doing a whole bunch of research. I was really reading a lot on people's reactions to the Johto Tour event. But it looks like Italy. It could be Spain as well. And we did get the release of the starter Pokemon for Gen 9. And I'm going to say these names as best I can. The grass Pokemon looks like a cat. And it looks like its name is Spirigatito. Spirigatito. I'm saying that the best I can. So... It, it is basically, they didn't really give much uh, typings besides fire, water, and grass Pokemon for the three starters. So we don't know if they will evolve and, and gain another typing. Spirigatito. It looks like a cat. It's green. My guess, my guess is with the word, or maybe it's not Spirigatito, it's Sprigatito. I was going to say maybe grass and, and, and ghost with spirit, but now I'm reading it and it says Sprigatito. So there we go. I'm doing the best I can. This is, this, all, this, all this information is brand new. We're not even 12 hours into this news here of these new Pokemon. We also have a fire Pokemon that looks like a character from Among Us, but uh, this thing is freaking cute. Oh my gosh. This thing looks adorable. I want it. I want it. I don't know how to say the name. Fuecoco? No idea how to say that. Fuecoco. There we go. So we, we got this repetition thing going on, right? Sprigatito, Fuecoco. And then we've got the water duck that has a hat on. And I think the name is Quaxley. Quaxley? Q-U-A-X-L-Y. So we got Sprigatito, Fuecoco, and Quaxley. There we go. That does sound kind of Italian there, doesn't it? It could also be Spanish though as well. So there we go. That's the that, that's the starter Pokemon. Uh, that that freaking fire Pokemon is cute as hell. I want one. Other than that though, we don't have any new Pokemon to announce besides the starters. Everything here on Cerebee are Pokemon from other regions that looked like they were in the preview for uh, for the Gen Nine game. So yeah, not a lot of information to go on. We have a new game coming out. We have a new generation. Uh, Gen 9, Scarlet and Violet, coming to po the Pokemon universe. That will be in November 2022. And we are getting close to the point where Pokemon Go catches up to the spawns. Or, I'm sorry, catches up to the Pokemon universe, right? We are in Gen 7 of Pokemon Go. And we are in Gen 9 but we're not there yet. We are a, a, almost still a year away from Gen 9. So we could see Pokemon Go catch up to the Pokemon universe maybe by the time Gen 9 comes out. If not, shortly thereafter, sometime in 2023. Um, but I'm sure that you know the Pokemon Company and Pokemon Go have this all uh, coordinated behind closed doors. So yeah, just man, what an exciting weekend if you're a pokemon fan not a pokemon go fan a pokemon fan in general because there was a lot of updates to a lot of the other games there was a special pokemon coming to diamond and pearl there was an update to pokemon legends arceus 
There was news of a new Pokemon generation coming, which, I mean, that's that's always one of the best days when you know a new game is coming, a new region, new Pokemon, new starters. That, to me, is one of the most exciting things about being a Pokemon fan. And, of course, if you play Pokemon Go, having the Johto Tour event over the weekend, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, you can be sour about it. Uh, I, I choose not to be. I had a good time. Did I spend $12? Yeah, and and I had a great time doing it, and I got to be out there with friends and, and people that I've uh, formed bonds with throughout the game as well, and uh, you know got, got a little break from reality. It's been a crazy few months for myself, for Dom as well, who will get back on the show next week and, and get his take on the events, but overall, I thought it was a, a great event and a, a worthwhile event. I would have liked to have seen more things, but I, I feel like you can say that about any event, right? Almost any event... There, there can be pros and cons and constructive feedback, and, and I feel that uh, this event, while mostly generally positively reviewed, there there's always things that could have been done better. You know, a shiny course look could have had better, better odds, right? I think we can all agree on that, but I'm not somebody who's opposed to the struggle, so I'm not somebody who's like all up in arms about it because do I think 200 raids is a bit much? Yes, but um, yeah, you, you you know me, you know me throughout the uh, 25 episodes that we've done on this podcast now is I'm never uh, shying away from a challenge. So, but yeah, I'm not going to waste my money on uh, shiny Corsola raid. So, but you, you can feel free to dump, dump your wallet into Niantic's lap if you want to. That That's your prerogative and uh, I'll just call you out on this podcast. No big deal. But uh, overall, great event. I enjoyed myself, enjoyed the weekend, and just so excited for the future of Pokemon Go and uh, the Pokemon Company as well. As we're back to colors, we're going to get some new Pokemon, we're going to get a new region, and that's always an exciting time to be a Pokemon fan. All right, we'll catch you up on everything you might have missed with Dom next week, and we'll also get you any more news we know about Season 11 in PvP and also Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet. If we have any more news, we'll drop that next week here on the go battlecast talk to you next week thanks for catching an episode of go battlecast to catch them all be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode for more information check out go battlecast on twitter to connect with zach and dom we'll see you next time